Isaiah 43, verse 1 onwards. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open and read unless you are on your way to work. It will be a blessing to you if you open your Bibles and read the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 43, from verse 1 onwards. Isaiah 43, from verse 1 onwards. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name, your mind. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We continue for a few more verses as the Holy Spirit wants me to, so we'll continue. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed that there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? Thus is the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, the Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinguished, 
they are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Praise be to God. I just read 21 verses from Isaiah 43 as the Spirit of God wanted me to read. Now from this section, this is not the whole chapter, this is just a portion of it, but from this section that the Spirit of the Lord led us to read, there are a few parts, a few verses that God wants to focus this morning for our meditation as the Spirit of God wants to drive into our spirit some key principles that God wants to instill in our lives. Praise God. As we meditate on the Word of God, we must understand the riches and the richness that God has placed in His Word. His Word is a treasure. It's a hidden treasure. It's a treasure that must be desired, sought after, and inherited. I want to repeat as the Holy Spirit wants me to. This Word of God is a rich treasure. A treasure that is hidden until it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. A treasure that needs to be sought after and a treasure that needs to be inherited. I want to say it one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. This Word of God is a treasure, a rich treasure. It's a hidden treasure, a treasure that needs to be sought after and a treasure that needs to be inherited. You can get this treasure. You can make this treasure your own provided you seek after it, you go after it, you must want it, you must go after it, in order to make it yours, inherit it. May the Spirit of God speak to your hearts this morning. Isaiah 43, you see, God say to His people, Fear not or don't be afraid, several times. Why is God saying, don't be afraid? Why is God saying, fear not? Why is He saying that? Will you go to a person who is simply sitting and say, don't be afraid? No. You'll go and tell a person, don't be afraid, when something scary or frightening that's about to happen or that's going to be 
told to them or is going to be placed in front of them. Something that might make them afraid. But that word that God gives, the word from heaven, God says, don't be afraid. He never says, don't be afraid, just to inform us some bad news. No. He imparts life into all those who receive his word from his hand. That means, when he says, fear not, when I receive that, fear not from God, there will be no fear in my life. When I receive the word of God, when the Lord dispatches, and he says, don't be afraid, then, no matter what happens, we will have no fear because God has spoken his living word that imparts faith into us. So how do you receive from God? How do you receive when God speaks? It's important for us to be the recipients of the word of God. It's important for us to be on the receiving end when God gives. It's important for us to have our arms stretched out, not folded, and be observers. But the people who will partake of what God wants to give. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. It's important to take note of everything God releases and God gives and be the people who will benefit from what God would give into the hands of his people. So the Spirit of God here speaks to his people. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid is a command. And we've heard this several times in our messages. That the command of God contains the solutions, the answers, the healing, or the miracles. When God gives a command, when we know how to latch on to his command, that means being a doer of his word, which is what God spoke to us yesterday, when we learn to simply do what God tells us to do, latch on to his word, then that command of God will bring the blessing of God that is contained within the command of God. There's a very deep revelation from God, and I pray that the Spirit of God will help you to understand and receive it from God. As simple as it may sound, if you don't receive it, it will not profit your souls. It is important to really take it in, whatever the Spirit of God is speaking. So, here is a little secret. Every time the Word of God comes to you, whether it's a prophet, or whether it's a message which is a prophetic word in our church which flows in the prophetic anointing that God has placed his servants here 
is the mouth of God to shepherd his people. We must be in prayer every time God's word comes. Never have a careless attitude saying, that, well, I'll listen later to the recording because that attitude itself will cause us to forfeit what God has, even if we listen to it later. The force with which the Spirit of God conveys the word and the value it carries will be lost if we neglect or don't have reverence for the voice of the Holy Spirit. So it's important to pray. While the message comes, whether it's a prophecy in a prophecy format or the Word of God, which is still a prophecy that comes in a message format, which is still a prophecy, a prophetic word, it is important to be in prayer during that time. Those are the ones who will actually receive. To say like, oh, Holy Spirit, help me to receive it. Holy Spirit, help me to understand it. Holy Spirit, teach me the depth of it. While the word is coming, not just lose focus of what God is speaking and just pray your own prayer and just completely not know what was being said or what is being said. But while the word is coming to really mix your faith with the word of God, be proactive in receiving what God is delivering at the moment is very important. Very important. Now as the Spirit of the Lord says, don't be afraid. Fear not. It's important to receive the Word of God the way it is being given to God's people. It is important to just take it in. It is important to receive it to make it your own. Many times you would have heard during worship and during the message. The Holy Spirit speaking, saying that, have you received it? Have you received it? Have you received it? Being a recipient of God's word, which is a hidden treasure. Being a recipient of God's revelation, of many, many, many God's revelation that are being given during every single service every single time we come together to what extent are we receiving it now there are filters that are meant to filter and you look at the filters they'll have big holes in them what will happen, all the garbage that are supposed to have been filtered out will actually go right into the drain because there are holes in that filter. If your sieve has holes in them, there's no point of even using them. It's important to guard your heart with all diligence. Jesus said this. Guard your heart with all diligence. Your heart should be a place where it can hold 
the treasures of God, the word of God. If the holes are there, what is going to happen is, whatever God gives will just fall through it. It will just go right out of it. You need to guard your heart with all diligence to keep the word of God. When you hide it in your heart, you shouldn't have any holes. And some people try to put some coins in their pockets and you have holes in them. They think that they're putting in their pocket. Meanwhile, everything is going out. They call it holes in their pocket. You can say, Lord, I'm hiding your word in my heart. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there are holes in the heart. And what is happening? Whatever you are trying to hide is all gone. And then you wonder, what's wrong with me? What is happening? Oh, well, you have to really look at your heart. Check your pocket, make sure there are no holes in them. Check your heart and see that there's nothing that is causing this loss of God's word. Where the holes that should not be there, should not be present there. It is important to check your heart and see if the holes are there to fix it. So that when the treasure is dropped in, it will stay and not fall away. So the Spirit of God says to his people here, number one, don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name, your mind. Number one is our identity in Christ Jesus. God has spoken through me on this topic and you can go and listen to a recording on that. Who you are in Christ is very important. In order to know who you are in Christ, you must be in Christ. We can't just say, I'm going to meditate on who I am in Christ and stay outside Christ. To those who are in Christ, you have a strong inheritance and you have a strong heritage you have a strong identity in Him. And many, many powerful promises God has given. Having heard the Word of God, have you received it? God says, don't be afraid. Fear not. For I redeemed you. I've called you by your name and your mind. How did he redeem us? Where did he redeem us? The Bible says, redeems our souls from the pit. God redeemed us from destruction, from the pit. He took us out of it by laying down his own life, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father sent his Son to redeem us from the pit, from the destruction, from eternal damnation, from eternal death. He redeemed us. So now where are we? We are placed in Him. We are seated together with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. He redeemed us from the pit. And where did He 
places. He placed us in Him. He's called us by our name. He says, you're mine. You're no longer in the pit, harassed and owned by the enemy of God. But you've been taken out of that and you've been placed in Christ. God says, you're mine. I know your name. I've called you by your name. You're mine. Our bodies are the temple of the living God. Know ye not that the members of the body belong to the members of Christ? Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the living God? And the Spirit of God dwells in our temple, in our bodies. Those who have that realization of who we are and how we need to honor our bodies as a temple of God and have reverence for God and reverence for our bodies, which includes what we speak and how we conduct ourselves and what we wear, what we put on, what we put into this temple, how we treat this temple, how we present this temple, all says volumes about your faith, what you really believe, whether you're in God or whether you're not in Him. We heard yesterday from the Spirit of God how our works will show what we really believe. So it's very important. Very important. Just like how when you look at a duckling, you know it belongs to the duck family. Jesus said this, let men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. People will see. God will see, angels will see, Satan will see, the demonic realm will see. They all will see. When they look at you, what do they see? You will see. What do you see? God says to those who are in Him, those who have been redeemed by His hand, taken out of the pit, This important word, he says, you're mine. Do you know that you are his? Do you know that you are not your own? Do you know that you are no longer bound? Do you know that you no longer have your residence in the pit? God has lifted you out of it by a strong and mighty arm. He's placed you where He is. He's placed you where He is. Therefore, if you believe in what He has done, if you believe in what He has done for you, if you have received what He has done, that's the key there, if you have received what He has done, then you will think like it. Your thought process will be different. All those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, to them, 
He's given them the right to become the sons or the children of God. That belief is a very deep terminology. Not like people say, I believe, I believe. The actions prove them as liars. If we believe, He has taken us out of the pit. If he believe, if we believe that He has taken us out of the pit, if you believe that He has taken you out of the pit, and if you believe that He has placed you in Christ and has caused you to sit together with Jesus in the heavenly places, and if you believe that you are His, then whatever you do with your body, whatever you do with your spirit, whatever you do with your soul, you will do it differently. You will do it with reverence. You will deal with it with this knowledge and awareness that I belong to Him. I am His. I belong to Him. What a privilege. What an honor. Suddenly God takes people who are on the street and He puts them in the palace. Not as some palace guard somewhere. He says, no, no. I've made you my prince. I've made you my princess. But yet there are many people who say that, yes, yes. Lord, we know that. Thank you, Lord. We'll sing worship songs and we'll jump up and down and we'll say that. I'm a princess and I'm a prince. And we'll say all those things. But you know where they live? In the streets. And what they wear? All ripped, torn, dirty garments. And where do they eat? Out of the garbage can. Where do they sleep? On the pavement. By the garbage can. By the dump. And when you ask them, they say, Oh no, I'm a princess. I'm a prince. What a contradiction Satan will laugh they'll say hey this area you see where you are it's mine oh yes the king came and he took you out but you know what if the dog would return to the moment you ran straight back to it you eat from my garbage you sleep by the garbage dump all your associations are all by the garbage dump. And you call yourself a prince. Satan will laugh. Many Christians are like that. What they speak is no value at all. You call it empty words. Apostle Paul, through the Spirit of God, calls it beating in the air. Clouds with no water. But people of real faith are people who have forsaken Egypt as Apostle Paul did. He counted everything as garbage for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ so that he may gain Christ because he said, oh boy, oh boy. When this mighty arm came to deliver me, to pick me out of where I am, to place me all in his royal kingdom, I am out of here. I want to be in that palace. I want to be at the table where all the royal 
princes and princes sit. I abhor this garbage dump. I abhor this area. And I'm so grateful, so thankful to God that God has rescued me from this place. Oh, I was covered with sores. Oh, God came and He healed me. And He's put me in this royal palace. Oh, my garment was all filthy. God gave me His royal robe of righteousness. As we heard yesterday in the morning call from the Spirit of God. If you want to be where Christ is, if you want to be at the wedding table, at the royal table, at the king's table, at the king's banquet, we need to have the royal robe that is placed upon us. We need to look like a prince. We need to look like a princess, act like a princess. We need to be in the palace. It's important. It's important. When we are in the palace, when we have a garment that has been provided for us, from there we can claim, I'm His. I'm in Him. And from there we can boldly say, nothing can come near me because I am in the palace which is protected by the King. Nothing can touch me. Knowing who we are in Christ is very important as long as we know where we are. Make sure of your calling and election. Make sure that you're in the faith. Make sure, moment by moment, that if you are in Him and you belong to that royal fold of God, that you look like Him, you walk like Him. All those who say that they are in Jesus Christ must also walk like He walked. Says God's Word. It's not a chore, it's a delight. A person who knows the value of it will be so happy to wear that royal garment and keep it on. Will be so happy to eat from the king's table as opposed to sitting next to the garbage dump. Do you know what God has done for you? Do you know where Christ has picked you up from? Do you know the value of it? Do you know what price Jesus Christ paid in order to pull you out of the grips of Satan to bring you to that royal table? It is the grace of God, but it requires our faith and our cooperation. If we know who we are in Christ, when we are in Him, that's the key, I want to emphasize that. There are a lot of people who will talk about our identity in Christ. It's like writing on water. There are those who are speaking and those who are hearing are not in Christ. If any man is in Christ, if any woman is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. No resemblance of the old 
whatsoever. If anyone would come and tell you that, well, salvation doesn't require you to do nothing because Jesus did everything. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Remember that. There's no salvation without repentance. Repentance means leaving your old life. Turning your life over to God. Repentance is abandoning your old ways of thinking, old ways of living and turning towards God. Repentance is leaving the pigsty and getting up and walking towards the Father. Saying, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. No longer will I go back to that pigsty. After coming out of the pigsty and when he was in front of the Father, that's when he was forgiven. People have gotten the salvation message wrong because they have listened for a long time to messages from the pit of hell. There is no salvation under heaven apart from the name of Jesus and every single person who names the name of Christ must depart from iniquity. There is no salvation without repentance and there is no repentance without forsaking sin. He who forsakes sin will receive mercy, says God's word. So where did we get this kind of demonic, twisted, so-called gospel from hell that's been packaged to suit the itching ears to take multitudes to hell? A few will find this narrow gate. And a few will enter in, so strive to enter in. Know the truth. The truth will set you free. Speak the truth, and the truth will set others free. No lie can set anyone free. A softened, uh, repackaged version of satanic gospel will not set anyone free. It will keep them bound will take them to a worse bondage. Jesus said this so beautifully. This is what the hypocrites do. They try to go and release some person, people, and they bring them out and they make them far worse than they were before. That means they go into a deeper bondage. May God help us to know the truth so the truth can set us free and keep us free as long as we stay in the truth. Knowing who we are in Christ is very important and knowing that we are in Christ is all the more important. Make sure you're in the faith and when you are in the faith, make sure you truly believe that you are in Him, that He knows you by your name, that you belong to Him. It's a very powerful, very powerful truth. When you're walking with him, you know that you belong to him and he knows you by your name. What can come near you? What can come near you? What can come near you? Nothing. Now, you go to verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Who is God speaking to? To the redeemed people, to those who are in him, with him. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. He never said, well, you're in so no waters. No. He says, I'll take you through the Red Sea. I'll take you through the River Jordan. 
it will not touch you. That's the promise from God. Whatever we may go through, it will not touch us. What God wants to perform in and through our lives will happen as long as we say, I will go through this, Lord. Red Sea, I'm ready. River Jordan, I'm ready because my eyes are on Canaan. Hallelujah. Our eyes must be on what God has promised. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. We're not going alone. If we are His, we are attached to Him. Every time we go through something, He is going through it with us. Not in a, a pathetic way, but in a victorious way. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. You will see the power of God. You want to see the power of God? Make sure you're in Him and He's with you. And you go where He wants you to go and He's going with you. So there's no fear. There's no need to fear. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. It's not, not going to touch you. Nothing is going to touch you. From the outside, people say, Oh, Shabbat, Meshach, and Metnego are thrown into the fiery furnace. Oh, they've bound the hands and feet of these great men of God. All heaven watched when their hands were bound, their feet were bound. Oh yes, oh yes. Heaven saw. Didn't do anything about it. Because heaven knew God was ready at a point. He was with them. When these righteous men of God were thrown by the wicked people into the fiery furnace thrown these princes of God were thrown into that fiery furnace heaven didn't do anything about it because God was about to do something those three men had no fear no fear they knew who they were in God they knew that their God was with them Having given them over to the perfect will of God, they had no fear. They said, oh, king, go ahead, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Go ahead. It's the king who got mad and increased the furnace seven times hotter. These guys had no fear. They were not bothered by it at all. You don't see them freak out. You don't see them all kneeling down and crying out to God. There are many people who panic and who cry and who wear. Lord, they're binding my hands. Lord, they're binding my feet. And Lord, you see that. Oh, Lord, change the heart of the king. And if they see that the king's heart is not being changed, then the king is even more angrier than before. He's all the more angry. They feel like God is not hearing their prayers and everything opposite is happening and they already proclaim death over themselves. And they cry and they wail and Lord, give me the grace to, Lord, take this fire in my, Lord, help me somehow. This is how many Christians are. Full of fear. Full of fear. 
perfect love casts out fear. These three men were perfected in the love of God. They had such love for God, they had no fear of their own lives. They had no fear of what would happen to them because they knew that their God would deliver them. They had such love for God. They said, we want the perfect will of God and nothing other than that. You don't see God coming to them in the dream and in the vision and telling them, Oh, tomorrow when you go through this, know that, I'll be there and I'm going to bring you out. And they didn't have a whole plan over there. No. They knew nothing of their future, but they knew one thing. The God whom I serve is a living God. He's a living God. And He is with us. Do you have that faith? immovable faith do you have that living faith are you a circumstantial Christian are you a Christian who calls himself a Christian and you're not able to say who you are in Christ because you very well know that you're not in the palace yeah God put me in the palace but I'm not in the palace Happen and hop out. You can't do that in the kingdom of heaven, by the way. If someone says, Oh, don't worry about sinning. God knows already what you'll do. He paid it all. Just go and say, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. Is that so? Really? True repentance is forsaking everything like the sinner did when he went and stood before God in the temple he beat upon his chest and he said oh God I can't even lift my head up I'm sorry Lord I've sinned against heaven that man went justified because he really meant what he said when you really mean what you say you have nothing to do with what you are abhorring and what God is abhorring True repentance is leaving behind the filth that God brought you out from. I want to say it again. True repentance is leaving behind the filth from which God brought you out from. Remember this. We cannot make light of the blood of Jesus. We cannot make light of what Christ did on the cross. And we cannot make light of salvation because every single moment someone is going to hell. More than more people are going to heaven every moment. More people are going to hell every moment. And more Christians are going to hell every moment because of the lies that have been given to them. And because of their own spiritual neglect. They didn't, they didn't care to know the truth. They were comfortable with having these people that would keep them in sin. God is speaking to our hearts of this hour. You want God to be with you when you pass through the waters, when you go through the rivers, when you go through the fire. Make sure you're with Him. If you're with Him, if you know that you're with Him, act like it. If He's with you, act like it. He says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. Act like it. 
if you have received what he has said, act like it. That's what faith is. There's no fear in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How can peace and fear coexist? Cannot. The kingdom of heaven is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How can fear and joy coexist? It cannot. The kingdom of heaven is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How can fear and sin coexist with righteousness? It cannot. It cannot. It cannot. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Knowing not your bodies are the temple of the living God. If you treat your body, if you treat your spirit, if you treat your soul, the way it should, and eat from where you need to eat from, sit where you need to sit, and dress the way you should, have the robe of righteousness upon you, and treat your body as the temple of the living God. And live righteously as a man of God and as a woman of God. Then God will be with you. Then God will take you through supernatural ways. And show you great and mighty things that you have not known. I want to read verse 4 and finish this morning as the Spirit of God wants me to. We are going to skip verse 3 and go to verse 4. Since you are precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. I will stop right there. Since you were precious in my sight, I have honored and I have loved you. Take the scripture and put it with what God spoke yesterday. How can you become honored in the sight of God? How can you become precious in the sight of God? If, every, if someone comes and tells you, well, God loves everyone and, and everyone is equal, it's a lie that comes from the pit of hell. God has his grading sheet and he has a grading scale. The Lord knows all those who are His. And let all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. If you want to be precious and honored in the sight of God, and to experience that love of God, truly experience the love of God, you need to listen to yesterday's message. And if you were there yesterday morning, Re-listen to it. This love of God that God has for those who are His is unique. It's exceptional. And it's not common. I'm going to repeat that. This love of God that God has for those who are His, who are truly in Him, is unique, exceptional, and it's not common. It's uncommon. And God honors those who are faithful to Him. God honors those who honor Him. And those who are 
precious to him are those who have God as their life, as their very life. God has to be precious. But we shouldn't trade the Lord for anything. When we are in Him, that means when we leave the filth and cleave to God, into Him alone, then we'll be precious in His sight and we'll be honored. And we'll experience that intimate love of the Father. And then, every promise that God gave to us yesterday will be ours. Uh, as I was recording that Straight and Narrow Way song a few days ago, I just sang it straight on my phone. And as I was singing that, I felt that love of God. You know, what a beautiful thing it is to have that straight and narrow way. And people come and say, Oh, all roads lead to the same destination. No. Why can't we have Jesus and something else? Well, because He is so precious. He's mine and I'm His. I can't have anything else with Him. Because it is such a, a beautiful relationship. I thank God for that. It's a reflection of the relationship between a husband and wife. Where the husband is for the wife and the wife is for the husband. Period. Nobody can come and say, why it has to be just one man? Why can't you have ten different people? You're being too narrow. If someone comes and tells you that. Well, your husband can have ten different women. Or even twenty different, how many ever he wants to. And you be one among them. Why does it bother you? Don't be too narrow-minded. He's going to bring five more tomorrow to your house. What are you going to say? You want to spit up their face? It's a covenant relationship. It's a precious relationship. It's the only relationship where you can look at the face of the person and say, you are mine. There's nothing like that. And the children that come from that, you can look at their face and say, you are mine. Because you know where they came from. It came from a faithful union. It came from a union out of love. That's how God meant it and that's how God created it in the Garden of Eden. That's how it's supposed to be. Satan has distorted everything. God is speaking to our hearts today. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is far superior than any relationship in this world. But marriage is a mirror of it that God has established. But thank God is a straight and narrow way. Thank God he's mine and I'm his. And I will not let anything come and compete with that love. Nothing comes near that relationship. I will guard it fiercely. Because he is mine. My God is mine. And I'm his. How many of you can say that? I will fight fiercely. 
against the cares of this world, against the dizziness of this world, against the sin that is out there, against compromise, against everything that is out there. Because I'm so in love with Jesus Christ, I'm not going to let anything come near this relationship because this is important to me. This is my life. I am His. And He's mine. He's called me by my name. I'm His. Oh, it's what a beautiful thing to come out of His mouth to say that you're mine. You're mine. You're mine. How important is Jesus Christ to you? How important is your relationship with Him? How much time do you spend with Him? Who you call or claim to be important to you? How do you treat your relationship with Jesus Christ? And if He's living inside of you, how do you treat your body, which is the temple of God? Are you treating it with honor? When people look at you, do they, do they know that you belong to the palace? And you talk in your mannerisms and how you conduct yourself. Well, God say that you are His. And if you are His, do you have that faith that He's with you? And through the fire, through the flood, through the rivers, He will be with you. And you'll come out to the top every single time. Praise God for the straight and narrow way. Praise God it's not the broad way. Praise, praise God is the exclusive way. Hallelujah. Praise God is the only way. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you for this morning hour, Father. We praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, hallelujah. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, hallelujah. Oh, we praise you. Glorious Savior, we praise you, hallelujah. Praise you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. You called me to follow you, leaving this world behind. You placed me in your body to be your own spotless bride. You chose me to do your will. You placed me in your kingdom. So why will take my place in your kingdom? And do your will, O oh Lord. I will take my place in your body. And do your works, O oh Lord. It's by your grace you drew me to your side. It's by your strength you empowered me to fly. It's by your mercies I will forever abide in you. 
To do your will is to do your work. Through you I will move mountains. Through you I will cross over Jordan. When the tide grows strong, I will be raised by your mighty arm. And this world will see your rods and power in me as I rest in your palms of victory. To do your will is to do your work. Through you I will move mountains. Through you I will cross over Jordan. When the tide grows strong, I will be raised by your mighty arms. And this world will see your awesome power in me as I rest in your palms of victory. It's by your grace you drew me to your side. It's by your strength you empowered me to fly. It's by your mercies I will forever abide in you. To do your will is to do your work. Through you I will move mountains. Through you I will cross over Jordan. When the tide grows strong, I will be raised by your mighty arms. And this world will see your rust and power in me as I rest in your palms of victory. Oh, this world will see your rust and power in me as I rest in your palms of victory. Oh, this world will see. Your rods and power in me as I rest in your palms of victory. When the tide grows strong, I will be raised by your mighty arms. Hallelujah. Through the flood, through the rivers, through the fire, he will be with those who are with him. Hallelujah. He will be with those who are with him. Hallelujah. He is with you. Hallelujah. When you're with Him, He is with you. Hallelujah. The maker of heaven is with you. Hallelujah. When you are with Him, He's with you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Father. 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 Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your holy word that came from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Through the mouth of your servant. Hallelujah. Into the spirits of your people, to the ears of your people. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray. May the Spirit of God take this word that you have released, O Lord. Multiply. Let there be a divine multiplication. He who stands, take heed, lest he fall. Let every single person have a proper assessment of themselves before the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Knowing where they stand. Knowing where they are in faith. 
in their walk with God, in their faith in God. May they believe every word that you have spoken, and not be afraid, but have faith in the one who has said, your mind, hallelujah. Cover your people with your precious blood. I pray may the spirit of God, the spirit of peace, may the spirit of hope, the spirit of rest, rest upon them this day. That all through this day, may this word that you have spoken to them, prepare them. Cause them to prepare themselves as they continue to walk through this month in preparation of going into the new year. That their lives change for the better. That they may inherit every blessing that you have for them by being in you and you with them. With this blessing, I bless your people with. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. If the Lord has spoken to you, few of you can pray. After that, I'll conclude. Thank <laughs> you.